Welcome back to Inside Personal Growth. This is Greg Voice and host of Inside Personal Growth. And I want to thank all of my listeners who come from around the world to listen to the words of wisdom from our authors. And I'm especially grateful to everybody out there who's supported this podcast program now for almost 10 years and over 500 plus podcasts with great authors. And today joining me is Ken Blanchard and Morton Shevitz. And Ken and Morton have written a brand new book. Um, this happens to be a Barrett Kohler book called Refire, Don't Retire. Make the rest of your life the best of your life. Uh, good day to the both of you. How are you guys doing? Doing very well. Thank you. Good to be with you, Greg. Well, it's great to have both of you on Inside Personal Growth and to spend a few minutes with my listeners who come from all over the world and basically from all walks of life. And your message really fits in with really almost anybody. And I want to give them a, just a tad bit of background on each of you. Obviously, Ken, you probably need the least explanation. Most of my listeners are going to know who you are, but I'm going to tell them again anyway. Ken's the co-founder and chief spiritual officer of the Ken Blanchard Companies and one of the world's most prominent authors, speakers, and consultants. He's authored or co-authored of 60 books and have sold more than 21 million copies, including the iconic The One Minute Manager. Morton Shavitz is a clinical director of Shavitz and Associates, associate clinical professor of psychiatry at the University of California, San Diego School of Medicine, and the chair of the generic psychology section of the California Psychological Association. He also served on the leadership council of the Stein Institute for Research in Aging. Well, it is a pleasure having both of you on. And Ken, let me start off with you. You kind of give a little bit of a tribute in this book to a gentleman that most of my listeners are going to know, Zig Ziglar. I watched him so many times give such inspiring speeches uh, at various programs that I was at. He was an amazing salesman and a motivational speaker. And what was it that Zig did to inspire you to write this book on refiring? Well, you know, Greg, uh, Zig was kind of a mentor for me. And uh, uh, on his 60, for my 65th birthday, I was on the phone with him, and Zig invited my wife and I to the 59th anniversary of his 21st birthday. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And uh, so I said, Zig, are you going to retire? He said, there's no mention of it in the Bible. He said, except for Jesus, Mary, David, nobody under 80 made an impact. I'm going to refire, not retire. Had me an impact. It's a refire. Wow, what a great concept! And and uh, so I shared it and talked to people about it and thought about it. And then I met uh, Mort on the plane going to New York, and we had known each other for a number of years, but hadn't seen each other for a while. And Mort says, "Ken, what what are you up to?" You know, I said, uh, "I'm refiring," and his eyes lit up. You know, and he said, "That's exciting. Tell me more about that." And I told him, and and, and Mort. You were doing some research on aging and, and was finding some really interesting results about what people, what the most happy people were. More just want to share a little bit about that. Sure. Yeah, I, I've been doing some work for the last uh, decade or so on areas called successful aging or new models of aging and so on. 
And the major thing is is that our, our concept of aging has is, is changed radically. First of all, there are a lot more of us. 10,000 Americans turn 65 every single day. So we are, <laughs> we are becoming a force to be reckoned with. And the second thing is, is that as we've looked at what it is that make people happy, uh, people are happy when they're engaged. People are happy when they're uh, doing stuff. People are happy when they're challenged. People are happy when they get out of their comfort zone. And so the notion of, uh, I've been thinking about d doing some writing, and when we began talking about doing this book. You know, I had done the background, Ken knew about it, and also now had the title. And by the time we spent five and a half hours talking to one another on the plane from San Diego to New York, and being shushed and seated and reseated and so on by the stewardess. By the time we got off the plane, we decided, you know, this is not a coincidence. There's a reason that we met. There's a reason that we had these conversations. And we decided we're going to do this book together. And we have you know, now spent uh, a couple of years working together and having just the greatest of times and getting uh, a wonderful response from the people who have read the book thus far. And as Ken mentioned, the message is universal. While we originally started off focusing on older adults, we fire as a metaphor for engaging in life, for getting yourself out of uh, doing new things, doing new challenges, now cuts across all ages. So we're really pleased that this has kind of become a, uh, a, a word that lots of people are responding to. Well, let's talk about that a little bit, because the way you've written this book is like parable, a story about Linda, Larry and Linda Sparks, and you take the reader on a journey with the two of them. You start with a story about their 45th high school reunion, where Larry kind of encounters a friend by the name of Rob. And Rob, in this particular case, he's, he's really not enjoying the reunion. And I love the way you guys told the story as much as Larry and Linda. They're out dancing. They're having fun. And his overall outlook about life is relatively dismal. Now, that's what I want to talk about here. What message is it that, that you want to convey to my readers and my listeners out there about leading a full life in their senior years? You know, a lot of people, after they go to their 45th and way before their 45th uh, year in reunion, have pretty much kind of given up. Um, what are you going to tell them uh, more and can to inspire them to say, hey, look, these can be the best years of your life. Well, I think, Greg, what we've decided is that if they want to really refire their life, what are the areas that they ought to take a look at? And, and uh, from a bunch of different sources, we felt there were really four areas that, that people, no matter what their age, ought to be thinking about. One was intellectually, you know, what, what were they doing uh, to uh, stimulate their minds and and keep active and, and all that kind of uh, thing, you know. And, and because if, if you don't keep that mind moving, uh, it can kind of go downhill. And uh, Second, so, uh, yeah, and, and the notion is, is that, you know, and there's some easy ways to do it, taking classes, reading new things. But the major thing is we, we encourage the artist to take a, a course in engineering and the engineer to take a course in art so that they're being pushed beyond kind of their initial levels. Uh, and, and this is kind of the theme throughout. We're talking about living with gusto, energy, and enthusiasm. And the second area that we talk about is emotional. 
Mm-hmm. Uh, and emotional has to do, we, we focus really on relationships. How do you build the relationships that you already have, family and friends, and make them even richer, and be open to new experience, be open to new relationships? Who are the people you haven't talked to in three months or six months? And isn't it time to reach out? So the whole idea is relationships are critical. Enrich the ones you have and be willing to develop new relationships with people, some of whom you don't know and some of whom you should and want to get to know better. Well, so now and this you, is you, important, this is important, Greg, too, at work. You know, I mean, some people eat lunch with the same people all the time. You ought to go and have lunch with some people in another department. You know, even go and see if you can spend another month, like maybe switching jobs with somebody in another department. What are you doing to get your life out of the rut? You know, including, you know, you go to the same restaurants all the time and, and all that kind of thing. So it's, a, it's, it's really kind of getting some gusto in, uh, in your relationships. Well, and I think it is important in business uh, cross-generational. We have baby boomers and we have millennial group and we've got all these younger people to kind of work together. We don't need to silo people. We, everybody kind of needs to work together. But that's, it's interesting. You introduce uh, these characters in this book. One is uh, Dr. Jeffries. It's Larry's old teacher. And as you're, the reader's following this story, Larry's brother Kevin dies of a massive heart attack and he vows to rethink his life. Uh, he visits Dr. Jeffries and is advised that there's lots of people, as you say, Mort, who've experienced outer success in their lives, but have inner turmoil. Um, and and that you say there are not they're they're not lovers of themselves. I liked uh, how you put that. You said the importance, though, is really generosity, service, and loving relationships. Can you comment? You just commented on relationships. What about the generosity and the loving service? Well, you know, what's interesting is that, that a lot of times people think that their self-worth is a function of the amount of money they make, the recognition and the power and status they have in life. And there's nothing wrong with any of those. But when you focus on, on those, uh, you need more of them always to keep your self-worth in, in, in shape. And and it's interesting, a friend of mine, John Ortberg, wrote a wonderful book. At the end of the game, it all goes back in the box, you know, and uh, that uh, his grandmother was a great Monopoly player, and, and uh, she would just kill him always whenever they played Monopoly. At the end, she had Park Place and Broadway and everything. And she'd say, John, someday you're going to learn how to play the game. So he had a kid move next door to him when he was about 12 or 13 who was a tremendous Monopoly player, and he practiced with him every single day. Because he knew his grandmother was coming in September. When she came, he ran in, and gave her a hug and a kiss, and he said, it's like a Monopoly game, and her eyes lit up. And she said, let's go, John. But he was ready for her this time, and he wiped her out. And he said it was the greatest day of his life, and his grandmother smiled and said, John, now that you know how to play the game, let me teach you a lesson about life. It all goes back in the box. He said, what do you mean? Everything you bought, everything you accumulated, it all goes back in the box. The only thing you get to save, really, is your soul and that's a, that's a function of who you love and who loves you and who you've been generous with in your terms, your time and your talent, your treasure, and who have you served and all those kinds of things. And it's really interesting is if you focus on success factors, you're never going to reach uh, a kind of significance. But if you're like Mother Teresa, who could have cared less about money, recognition, and power, she was all about generosity, service, and loving relationships, <coughs> and then everybody 
falling all over her trying to give her money for her ministry and giving her recognition and power and status and all that kind of thing. So it, it's a it's a pretty powerful uh, concept, I think. Well, and and, and, and I'll yeah. and I'll reiterate this because I happen to have just gone through a, quite an emotion. My 93 year old mother just died last Tuesday, a little Jewish woman. But like Elizabeth Kubler Ross has always said, it's not about what you gained. It's really, she said, it's about, just like you said, Ken, it's about who you love, who's loved you, and how much service you've rendered. And in essence, if you distill life down, as you said, it goes back into the box. That's true. And more, you know, you have this chapter on love is the answer and refiring emotionally. What advice do you have for our listeners out there about in general refiring emotionally, maybe not just around love, but around all areas of our life, happiness and contentment and love and the research that you've done? What would you tell our listeners? Well, you know, what's interesting is is that we, we focus uh, often on only the positive emotions. Um, and, and I want to talk about something that I, I wrote an article once called the Terror Joy uh, Index. And I talked about the, uh, I'm, I've been skiing for a number of years, but I'm not a great skier. Uh, and so every season when I go out for the first time and I get to the top of the run, and there I am, cold and uncomfortable and looking down and feeling, what am I doing here? Well, that is, that is the terror. So that's the first thing that happens. But, you know, terror also kind of gets you, gets things going. And then I go down that first slope and slide a little bit and skid a little bit and then make a turn and then make a second turn. And then the terror begins to give away and then joy begins to build. And so the, the notion of all of this is that, you know, emotion, uh, be, allow yourself to experience a range of emotions. Sure, we want to be happy. We want to be laughing. We want to have fun. The other thing is, and, you know, when we talk about living with gusto, we really mean giving yourself the opportunity to experience a wide array of things. And so... You know, doing things that you may not have done for a long time, but that gives you an opportunity to see something new. You know, Ken talked about uh, going to the same restaurant over and over again. What we, we ask people to do is go to a restaurant that you've never been to and go even further than that. Ask the serving person to bring you what he or she thinks is the best thing on the menu. And you know what? Be surprised. Well, if it's not so good, okay, you've had a bad meal, but the opportunity is to discover, to eat something, a flavor, a, a taste that you have not had before, and that's what life is all about. By the way, before, before we leave uh, what Ken and you were talking about in terms of significance, you know, that's, that's really the third area. The third area we, uh, we write about and talk about is spirituality. And spirituality is not the same as religiosity. Uh, wherever you are on the religious continuum, uh, from a believer to a not, not quite sure to uh, I, I'm not sure at all, spirituality goes beyond that. Spirituality has to do with our relationship with the world and our relationship with ourselves. And we think that that was, so that's the third component that we talk about in terms of a way to refire. Get back to, take a look at, 
and figure out where you are in your spiritual life. So, Ken, um, thank you, Mark. That that's great, and I believe that spirituality is in, in, in a, such an important component of refiring, as is all the areas that that the two of you have reflected on throughout this book. But you guys talk about the last minute gang in your chapter on building relationships. And and Ken, I want you to comment on this. What is this last minute gang? What is, is being a member intended to invoke within the members themselves who become part of a last minute gang? Well, that gets back to the thing that sometimes, you know, we get in ruts and somebody calls you to do something and you say, God, if you only called a little earlier, you know, maybe we could have done it, you know, but, you know, we're not uh, organized or this and all. And, uh, well, why not? The last minute gang, the rule is, unless you already got something planned, uh, you know, and somebody asks you to do something, even if it's only 30 minutes before they ask you to do it, go and do it. Uh, so it doesn't uh, make it make a difference uh, on that. Uh, just, just do it and, and, and enjoy it. And last minute gang is all a group of people that just kind of share different kinds of things that they've done in the last minute and all that have made a difference in their lives. Well, it's, yeah. it, it's a great opportunity for people to be spontaneous, I think. Exactly. And, and yeah, to use yeah, that spontaneity. Exactly. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And I don't, know yeah, of two, I don't know of two more spontaneous guys than you. When I saw you at Warwick speaking about the book, I have to say <laughs> you were quite spontaneous. Hey, uh, Mort, I have a question for you. You, you have sure. this refiring code of conduct, which you characters have come up. What are the elements of this code of conduct, and uh, wh- why should our readers care about that? Well, I think a code of conduct is the way you're going to be approaching life. And a refiring code of conduct is be open to new experiences. Code of conduct has to do be able to engage. It has to do with don't uh, allow fourth way to refire. And the fourth way to refire that we talk about is refiring physically. And refiring physically is you want to be able to be strong. You want to be able to uh, 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 not sit around. And the whole idea is retiring physically, it doesn't mean running marathons and it doesn't mean going to the gym. It focuses on uh, movement, it focuses on eating well and making good choices, it focuses on being limber, it focuses on uh, being able to stay in balance. We think that it's a, it's a, a terribly important thing, and we want people to get the idea that they can do this. And it doesn't, as I said, it doesn't mean 100 push-ups and it doesn't mean going to the gym. It's as little, we talk about something called the minimally effective dose. And the minimally effective dose for most people 60 and over is 30 to 45 minutes walking four to five days a week, and that will be more physical activity than 80% of your fellow uh, older adults uh, are doing at the present time. So, Ken, do you have any comments on, uh, on keeping the body in shape and refiring physically, and how do people stay, I think, not just stay healthy, but vibrant and engaged in sustaining sustaining great health and a great healthy lifestyle. What would you What would you comment on that, Ken? Well, it's interesting, Greg. You know, some people say you got to watch out about you know multitasking, but I th- tell you, it's really interesting. I have a recumbent bike in our bedroom, and I get on that every day for thirty to forty five uh, minutes, and uh, I use that time to 
uh, read from uh, uh, my spiritual journey and to and to really uh, just think about where I am in my spiritual realm. And other times I might uh, be reading something uh, while I'm on the bike that's stimulating my mind, you know. In other words, so it's it's it, other times you know you might you know go to a, a, a gym with with a friend, and so you're building on the relationship while you're also uh, doing that or. Or, you know, milk, I mean, uh, more saying is, you know, go take a walk. A lot of people really have some great alone time with their spouse and a good friend taking my wife for 25 years as when she's been in town has walked three times a week with three other women. Uh, and they meet at 630 in the morning and they are just religious about it. And what's neat about it is when you have it on your schedule and somebody else is going to be there, you'll end up doing it. The reason a lot of New Year's resolutions don't work is that you announce them and everybody around you says, I'll believe it when I see it. And they all go to a delegating leadership style. Well, if you could handle that, you, you it wouldn't be a New Year's resolution. You'd do it. So a lot of times in some of these areas, like physical and other that you might get started, you could have somebody that can kind of be a, a mentor, a teammate, a, a cheerleader. So more... Um, you, you have a chapter, obviously, on refiring intellectually, and we talked about spiritually, we've talked about physically, and you're talking about intellectually. And in this chapter, this Dr. Jeffries, he introduces, again, Larry and Janice um, to the Alvarezes. Um, what does our audience who's listening tonight to this need to know about uh, mental and intellectual stimulation really at any age? Well, you know, the thing that's very interesting is there's a lot of stuff that we don't know about, but we're getting, but there's a lot of stuff we know about now. And one of the things is, is that people who are in the midst of looking and changing, those who are only going from something, you know, the man or the woman who says, oh, I'm going to be so glad, right? I don't have to go to work anymore. I'll be able to sleep in. I'll be able to do what I want to do and so on. That group of people who are only thinking about where they're going from do terribly. Uh, those people, and the research is pretty clear on it, tend to have a much higher level of physical illness, and frankly, they get depressed. Those people who are going to something, those people who are, let us assume that they're closing down their business or that they are leaving full-time employment, is those people who have something in mind that they're going to do, do, do much better. I, I was walking on the beach uh, 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 a few months ago, and a friend stopped me and said, Hi, remember me? We began kibitzing. I said, What's going on? He said, I'm, I'm selling my business. I said, That's great. I said, What are you going to do then? He said, Well, he said, we're going to move up to, uh, to Arrowhead. We have a place up there, and what we're going to do is uh, – uh, there are lots of trees there, and my wife likes trees, and I like trees, and so on. And, you know, we're going to be up there. We're going to, you know, fix up the house a little bit. And I said, uh, and, and what are you going to do then? And he said, what? I said, you know, what are you going to do then? I said, you know, you've been doing your business 40 to 60 hours a week. So once the house is done, what are you going to do? And, and I was uh, this was I was being I was not trying to be probing. I was just trying to ask a question. And you know this, this the word that says you just saw they they became pale in front of you. Well, that's what happened with this man. He I, he said I, I don't know. 
And I said, oh, we're really in trouble. And I told him a little bit about the book. And he said, when is it going to come out? And I told him, he said, why does it take so long? And I began talking about publishing. He said, no, 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 no. I don't care about publishing. I need it now. Mm -hmm. And I I sent him an electronic copy the next day. But that's kind of the example of what goes on. You know, when people suddenly realize that there's nothing in front of them or somebody else said, I knew I was in trouble when at lunchtime I began worrying about what we were going to have for dessert for dinner. And that was his main worry of the day. Well, I think, I think uh, Ken, I'd like to ask you this question. You know, there, there is a fine line and balance between um, the doingness of life and kind of the being of life. In other words, the spiritual side of things. And yes. obviously, we, we want to stay of service and we want to stay engaged and we want to keep our minds engaged. What, from your wisdom, both of you, would advice would you give to my listeners who are out there going, okay, guys... You know, I'm I'm in my 60s. I'm in my 70s. Um, I maybe don't have the energy that I used to have, but I still want to stay engaged. What kind of wisdom would you impart upon that listening audience that's listening to this today and is saying, yeah, I hear what these guys are saying, but I'm not really certain that I can keep up? Well, you know, one of the things I often ask people is that they ought to answer two questions. One is, whose are you? And the second one is, who are you? And whose are you is a spiritual question, you know. <laughs> you know, who's in charge of your, your life? You know, what, where are you in relation to the planets and, and uh, the universe and, and all that kind of thing? And then whose are you is, well, why did the good Lord plop you down here, you know? What, mm-hmm. <laughs> what are you supposed to do? And, your and purpose in life, you mean. Some people, you know, can spend all their time contemplating and on the on whose I am and in the whole spiritual thing and not do anything. And some people are all complete doers and they don't deal with the other thing. The, the best is really when uh, you're trying to uh, figure those things out together, which is, you know, well, why was I put here? You know, what are the skills that I have and how can I use those skills to make a difference in other people's lives and also at the same time to excite myself. So, you got a lot of interesting questions uh, here, and again, as Mort uh, said in the beginning, it really doesn't depend on on uh, being older. It really is a constant process. I I see a lot of young people who are you know quitting, stayed in jobs, you know. <laughs> and, well, so you're so you're saying to have individuals reflect or at least define their purpose and make sure it's yeah. in alignment with their values, which many of my listeners have heard because I've done plenty of podcasts on you know, defining values and purpose. Where do you believe in this, whatever audience you're addressing, Mort, um, that that really the intentions and goals fall into place here? In other words, you know, sometimes people can be overdriven by these goals. Where, again, is this kind of fine line um, so that we keep a, a great spiritual life, a great physical life, and a great emotional life uh, overall? What would you, how would you comment? Well, I think, you know, one thing is to take a look at what you're not paying attention to. If it's a 90-hour work week and you haven't seen either your spouse or your kids for a long period of time, obviously your life is, is out of balance there. If it's all focused in on recreation and self-indulgence and you're not paying attention to your values, then life is out of balance there. 
The other thing is, is that when people are going to make a change, what, it's really useful to think about change as a transition rather than an event. So if somebody is planning, for example, uh, to leave work and so on, what you do is you begin taking a look at the things you're going to be doing and testing them out. And so the process is one is the transition. It's, it's getting from here to there. And, you know, some people say, well, I don't know what are the things I'm interested in. You say, well, it's kind of fun. Think about what you used to be interested in. Think about what you did when you were a kid. Think about the acting class that you took when you were in college. Think about the fact that you used to take a lot of pictures and then it got too difficult. And I think about the fact that, you know, so, so if people kind of go back into their own histories, they say, hey, yeah, I really used to like to do that and so on. And then you kind of test it out. Mm-hmm. You try it. You see what it's like. And, and then as you begin to develop more things that you're looking toward, it becomes a lot easier to step away from some of the things that you have done, been there, been there done that, and now it's time to move on. So let me wrap this interview up with each asking each of you this last question. What is it in your lives at your current ages and ages? And it's really none of my business, but you guys are no spring chickens per se, as they say. But at your at your stage in your life and the reflection and the wisdom that you've uh, developed and gotten over your years that you're the most proud of that you're working on right now, each of you that you could say, hey. This is a project. This is a new book. This is a new whatever I'm working on. What do you guys, what would you tell our audiences to get engaged in, and what are you working on? Well, it's interesting, uh, Greg. Uh, in my own case, I, I just uh, have decided I'd rather not travel all over the world, you know, doing talks and working with companies. I'd, I'd like to do some of that, but I decided that I ought to try to try to do something here in San Diego where I live. You know, I mean, I've learned a few things and all, and so I went to see uh, Mayor Faulkner and volunteered to help them and facilitate development of a whole strategic plan and, and a vision for the city that they are now sharing with all of the, the people in the city government before they share it with the total public. And that's really the one. And I've been involved with another group uh, that I'm chairman of called Vision San Diego, which is our goal is how do we gather volunteers of people to work with uh, uh, issues and problems in the city so that we can actually have a goal of how do we make San Diego truly America's finest city. And so uh, I'm really excited about some of these new ventures right in my own backyard. So uh, congratulations. Uh, that's one of the things I'm, you've been, I'm doing, yeah. You've been working on that for a while. I remember you years ago starting that, and I know you're a lot more engaged in it now. So. Congratulations. That's a long-term project that uh, it's got to be quite fulfilling to help this city see their vision. And, and Morton, what, what's up in your world? What well, would you say? This is, this is my year for refiring. Uh, as, as Ken knows, a couple of years ago I had what, what is a kind of traditional thing for older adults, which was I had, I had to have some back surgery. So it took me a little bit of a while to recover from that. So this is my year for refiring, and it's very interesting. When having declared that, so my refiring ranges from learning how to play the ukulele, because I really used to like to play the ukulele when I was a kid. And the second part is uh, it's getting the message out that 
getting older is an opportunity that it's not a sentence. That seeing, you know, we, we have the subtitle of, of, of our book called Make the Rest of Your Life the, the Best, best of, of Your Life. life. Uh-huh. Right? So, yep. and, and, and that message. And then probably akin with that is we want to see refiring as something that a lot of people begin to see as, as something for them. Uh, again, we started out by doing this for older adults, but we're finding that we're getting such a nice response. So I think this, the, the other thing is to kind of get the word out, mm-hmm. to refire. What, what part can you refire? Where can you refire? How do you do that? To see that, so that people begin talking, you know, what are you doing? Well, I'm refiring my relationships. Really? What does that mean? Well, you know, uh, we, had, we had some people over that we hadn't seen in a month and with some people that we've been friends with for years, and it all came together. So, so, those are, so I guess it ranges from uh, the, the kind of silly and self-indulgent, like, you know, playing the ukulele, to doing some work in, in, in professionally and getting the word out about aging and changing the perception of aging for those who are getting older and also changing the perception of organizations in terms of you know, what people can bring that is of value irrespective of how old they are. Well, I want to thank both you and Ken for being on Inside Personal Growth and imparting some of your wisdom about refire, don't retire, make the rest of your life the best of your life. For my listeners, we'll have hypertext links um, to the major bookseller, which will be Amazon. And obviously, um, is there a website in particular or a video that you guys have actually done that I can direct my listeners to that's either on YouTube or anywhere else? Uh, or do you just want me to direct them off to Amazon to get the book? When you go to Amazon, there's also a website called refirebook.com. Okay. And that'll tell them a lot about it. And um, uh, we, we, you know, we've done a, a, a couple of TV shows, but it's, it, I'm not sure that I know how to tell your uh, listeners how to get them right now. Well, well, well some, we'll, of those, well, some of those are on, on the website, uh, Mort. That's uh, right. So that's go, right. go to refirebook.com. Yes. And, uh, you even see some of our interviews. Great. We'll send the listeners to refirebook.com, and right. we'll put a hypertext link to there. We'll put a hypertext link to Amazon and any other uh, links that we have that will actually do this. Again, thank you both for being on Inside Personal Growth and spending a little time with my listeners to talk about refire, don't retire, uh, make the rest of your life the best of your life. Thanks, Ken, and uh, thanks, Morton. Well, thank you. Thank you very much.